Welcome to Great Minds, and this is an extraordinary treat. Today we have Jesse Pick. Jesse is a member of one of the greatest groups this country has ever produced. Roots go all the way back, all the way back to 1954. Their string of hits, which Jesse will talk about primarily from the 70s, are among the greatest songs that have ever been recorded. Songs like It's a Shame and songs like Games People Play and songs like The Rubber Band Man and songs like Working My Way Back to You, songs like I'll Be Around. And we're gonna listen to some of those today, Jesse. Just thrilled to have with us Jesse Pick of The Spinners. So welcome, Jesse. Hey, Matt, thanks so much. I'm very happy to be here, brother. Thanks for taking the time. Well, the canon of the spinners is right alongside, you know, some of your contemporaries. I know there's been some occasions, Jesse, when you've got to play with the Temptations and the Four Tops and the Stylistics. And there were so many places to start with you. Uh, I thought, Jesse, we'd start in the obvious place, which is you joined the group about 2008. The group goes back a ways before that. Talk about the mantle that you have to stand on every night. And I know what a joy it is. You're still working 50, 60, 70 shows a year. What a, what a great, unique sort of, Jesse, let's use the word almost responsibility it is to carry on that legacy of the spinners as you and the members of the group today in 2023 do so brilliantly. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I was going to say as, as much as it is anything else, it is, especially at this point, a responsibility you know, to continue uh, to carry the torch for the original spinners to continue to provide the best quality uh, of entertainment uh, that the fans have grown used to, you know, through the spinners music to continue the legacy. And uh, <laughs> don't forget to enjoy yourselves. Don't forget to, to have fun. Uh, this is, uh, it's also a, a huge pleasure. It, it's a dream come true. It's something that we as spinners don't take lightly. We don't take lightly. We're very serious about it. And we're focused, we're focused on what, you know, what Henry would do, what Henry, would, what Bobby would want us to do, you know, how they would handle things. And we're at a, we're at a different time. We're in a different era, but uh, the, the, there are certain principles that lay the foundation uh, for what a spinner, who or what a spinner is. And, how we perform on stage, how we conduct ourselves, how we stick together as a group. So uh, again, that that part's the responsibility part. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, getting getting all the guys to stay, you know, uh, like minded. You know, we're going to disagree on some things, but as long as we can move, you know, in one direction and then continue to move as a group, then then I think that's huge. A absolutely fantastic. So before we started talking, we were uh, sharing our roots, both of us going back to Queens County. I know yes. you still have a lot of family in, in Jamaica and in the area. Oh, yeah. and, uh, uh, and then moved relatively young to Detroit. So many great, great groups emerged from Detroit, including the Spinners, of course, who... I guess they all met living at uh, in public housing in Detroit's Herman Gardens in the community. And that's where Billy and Henry and Purvis and CP and James, who were the first five spinners, uh, mm -hmm. all met to make music 
much like years later, I know we share a friendship in Jerome Benton and we both love Morris Day and the time. And I know what a big fan of Prince you are. Much like those artists all grew up in communities and started singing, you know, very young. Uh, Talk about that, you know, part of the Spinner's legacy that they really come from the community of Detroit. Detroit is such a big part of who the Spinners are. Yeah, and and Detroit, and and the same, I guess, can be said of of Philly and and several other, other areas too, but you know, Detroit was so much about music. If, if it weren't for the music, I wonder what those guys would have ended up doing. But it was so easy if if you had the talent, if, if you had the heart for the music. It was so easy to, to get sucked into that. I mean, I grew up listening to The Spinners, uh, Isaac Hayes, the, the, the Temptations, The Four Tops, so on and so forth, Gladys Knight and the Pips, you name it. Uh, Jerry Butler, you know, I mean, I, I grew up listening to all these iconic groups and it, it was just the norm. There was there wasn't much else to do. We didn't have PlayStation and video games and all that kind of stuff. We threw ourselves, we threw our hearts into the music like those guys did back in 1954 and uh, decided they were good. They were hot. Let's 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 make it happen, you know. And came up with uh, with their with their original name before it was the Spinners, and uh, I, I I tell you it's it's it would be hard for me not to fall in line with the uh, with the desires and with the, the with the, the with the energy that comes from 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 just loving the music and wanting wanting to be a part of it. I was doing talent shows since I was in the third grade. That was my first performance. Um, I, I never stopped. The bug bit me, and I, I I continued. I always wanted to be on stage. I always wanted to perform. And no, there weren't people telling me then when I was young, besides my parents and family members. No, I, I wasn't hearing from folks that I was great. Oh, you're this, you're that. I was a nerd. You know, I was I was picked on. I was I was looked over. <laughs> you know, in most things in school. But when I got to hit the stage, when I got to go out in front of all those people, that was the one time that. You know, I felt like I counted. I felt like I mattered. And more than that, I, I felt like like a star, like a superstar. It's so empowering. It really is. Uh, once you get a taste of it, once I did at an early age, it was. I knew that it was my destiny. I knew it was my future. The first concert I ever saw as a kid was a Spinner concert. We're watching the show and I uh, say to my mom and dad, you know, at one point, I said, Mom and Dad, that's what I want to do when I grow up. I had no idea I'd end up in the actual group yet that that I'm speaking. It's just amazing. Uh, this is definitely my fate to be a, a, a part of the Spinner legacy, to be here to help carry on that legacy. And again, I, I just can't, I just can't say there are there aren't there aren't words to, to express how grateful I am for this. It's, it's not always easy. Sometimes it's tough. I mean. 4 a.m. heading to the airport or, uh, you know, hopping from state to state, no sleep, you know, that comes with the territory, you know, you, that's what soldiers do, you know, that's what music warriors do, and, and we, we take that, we take the good with the bad, but to be able to go on stage and make folk happy, to be asked to sign an autograph or, or take a picture with someone uh, who would otherwise just be a stranger, someone you'd bump into on the street, oh, excuse me, and you both keep going, but it gives you that connection. To people all over the world and there's nothing better 
it does nothing but fantastic so jesse that's such a great great story as i recall you saw them was that at the michigan state fair the first time you saw how old were you about <laughs> Jeez, how old was i oh man oh, god i'm gonna guess say i don't know, maybe maybe eight or nine i'm guessing Eight or nine. So decades yeah. before you would one day become yeah. a member of the spinners. Decades before. I, yeah, I never had any idea. I never had a clue that I'd actually be yeah, in, in that group. How awesome uh, is that? That yeah. is that is awesome. So yeah. so let's talk a little about some of the early days, because it's really when a lot of the hits that are truly the definition of timeless hits still mm -hmm. as relevant as strong today when you and the spinners bring them to life uh, on the stage all over the world. Uh, the spinners did not have huge success early on. They bounced around a couple different labels. As I recall, Aretha Franklin really loved the band and uh, suggested strongly to Atlantic, which had a great growing presence in R&B. Um, to nick the band away from Barry Gordy and Motown. They couldn't really break them at Motown. Um, and then all of a sudden, even though they had been bouncing around for a while in the early 70s, an incredible string of hits, first written by Stevie Wonder, actually. It's a shame. Yeah, that's right. And, and it's funny. And, and there were some songs, a few before then, before Motown, when they were with Tri-Fi, before it was consumed. Uh, by the Motown label, I, we get called request to do truly yours. Uh, that was a, a favorite for fans who go way back on the spinners. One of my favorite early songs before Motown was "That's What Girls Are Made For." I think that's a beautiful song, and we perform that a cappella uh, when we do it when we when we make it a part of the show uh, here and there, which I enjoy. But yeah, the Stevie Wonder song, uh, "It's a Shame," that was their departure uh, from Motown. That song sat, I think, for a couple of years on the shelf. And it wasn't that Barry couldn't get the spinners out there. I didn't know how it was. I, I think it was more of a, a lack of effort. He was busy with the tops. He was busy with the temptations. He had Diana Ross, all this other stuff going on. And the spinners were working at more. I mean, as in, in the mail room, you know, or chauffeuring, driving someone's mom around, Barry's mom, or I think Bobby went to pick up the, the Jackson five when they landed at the airport for, for, for their big meet uh, with Barry Gordy. They, well, Steve, if it weren't for Stevie wonder, he complained about that song. Hey, I wrote this song. It's just sitting there. What's going on. So of course they pushed it out in the meanwhile, in the meanwhile, yeah, Aretha Franklin, she had reached out by that time to the guys and say, Hey honey, you all need to come over to Atlantic records. You know, she made it sound like it was a pretty good, pretty big deal. And uh, the guys decided to make that move as it's a shame was hitting the airwaves. So uh, imagine Barry Gordy sitting in his office. He says, oh, I see we got another hit out there. Who is that? Like he's the spinners. He says, OK, get him in here. And they say, too late. They're gone. Wow. Yeah. I mean, but that's just how busy this guy was. That's how that's how many hits, that's how many great groups, you know, he had under his belt that a group like the spinners could just slip, you know, through his through his hands. <laughs> And you're not feeling until it's too late. But yeah, but once they hit Atlantic Records, that's where that's where they coined the phrase Motown Philly. You know, they're from Motown down Philly and making all these awesome hits. And then it just never stopped. It never stopped. It was a nice, nice long run. And we're still enjoying that music today. 
on stage or, or, or if you're a fan in the audience. That's still a hoot. Fantastic. You mentioned uh, Henry and Bobby earlier. Let's talk about them. And what I'd like to do, Jesse, to start with is I want to talk about that moment when you were waiting, when you had auditioned and you were waiting for that phone call that was going to come from Henry and or Bobby. And I, I heard a little bit of that story once before, but I'd love to hear it because it, it was such a special story. At the time, I was out of show business. I didn't even have a radio gig. I was driving to and from the factory with a buddy of mine. I'm working at Ford Motor Company now, wondering how did this happen? But we drive an hour there, hour back, and every day we talk about, God bless him, we talk about ways that I could get back into the business. And we thought about different things, everything from uh, doing traffic reports on the radio. Hey, on I-75, there's some debris in the area in the right-hand lane. Make sure you stay clear of that. That's your traffic. I'm Jesse Beck. Now back to more great news. I mean, I was thinking of any and everything, and I would never have done traffic before. I was always uh, a full-time jock, I consider myself. Towards the end, it turned a little part-time with, you know, other responsibilities and things coming into life, you know, getting older. But uh, I wanted back in showbiz. I wanted back on stage. I wanted to be in, uh, a performer again of some sort. And when Purvis passed away, that was a sad thing for us to hear, for me particularly, because I was, I'm, I'm a bass singer. So, but I didn't think, again, I didn't think about joining the Spinners. Well, the same friend, he called me, he said, hey, you know, I know a friend, I uh, know Roquel from the Four Tops and a buddy of his, Spike, who's a spinner. So we'll see if he can get me an audition with the group. I thought, well, that's great. Uh, at the same time, once they put the idea in my head, I reached out to the manager at the time, Nat Burgess from White Pine. And um, I got the call back. They set it up with, with Henry and Bobby and... Uh, you you want you don't want the details well, of the yeah audition. whatever you wanna you know whatever you want to share. Well, when the audition came, I wanted Henry to know that not only can I sing, but I'm also I can also dance very well. Uh, so before the audition, days before, I'm up every night like two three hours. You know, from when I got off from the factory, I'm home by two a.m. and I'm up till like four or five just on YouTube, learning the steps and all that. I already know the music. You've been, you've been listening to it all my life. And when I got to the audition, uh, before we even sang a note, uh, Henry and I sat down and we had sort of, uh, I call it a, a sensei grasshopper uh, moment. We, we, we kind of vibed a little bit. And I guess you have to see what kind of guy is this? Is this someone that I want, you know, on the road, you know, with the rest of the, of the group? Is this guy spinner material? So uh, we talked, and I could tell that he felt close to me. I certainly felt close to him. I, I, I enjoyed the uh, the bond uh, that I could feel forming uh, between the two of us. And, uh, okay, so check one. I, I think he likes me. <laughs> you know, that's one thing. So now it's time to sing. And I'm singing, and while I'm singing, I'm doing steps here or there. And I'm impressing him with the steps. But when he hits play to listen to the recording of me singing, it all is I mean, it sounds like that because I'm jumping around. I'm all over the place. So, uh, you know, Spike's got his buddy who's the next person to audition. And, of course, he wants his friend to be the new bass singer. 
So he's nudging Henry, like, hey, Henry, come on. We got to get the next guy in. My buddy's going to die. I'm like, oh, my God. What am I going to do? And in a moment of inspiration, I I said, Henry. I said, I said he looked, Henry looked at me. And I can tell he, 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 I could tell he liked me, but I could also tell from the look on his face that that recording wasn't going to get me in the group. So I said, uh, I said, say, Henry, you know, uh, you know who the tramps are, right? He looked at me like, yeah, of course I do. And I just started singing. Dear, when you smiled at me, I heard a melody. It haunted me from the start. I sang, I sang Zing with the strings of my heart. And when I was done, quiet. He puts his hand to his chin. You hear a spike in the background. Come on, Henry. Come on, we got to get this guy out of here. Henry's thinking, I'm standing there. I'm sweating bullets. And Henry says, rewind that tape over. We're going to start over again. I was so relieved. So we started over. He said, this time, just sing. I sang everything straight through. And even after that audition, it took them three months. He told me at the time it would be a couple of weeks. I said, how long before uh, we hear anything, before you make your decision? It's always be a couple of weeks. We want to make this uh, quick. And three months later, I get the phone call finally uh, from Henry, and it, it was it was incredible. I, I really knew that by this time, I was laid off from the factory, and I mean permanently laid off. Whether like, hey, it was nice working with you, kind of thing, and Christmas right around the corner, and there was every reason to to be depressed and feel distraught. You know, you're the man of the household, and now what are you going to do? And you know, you, you've got to you know, and I chose to rejoice. I chose to have faith. And, and I knew that this was not going to be the end. This is not, this is, this is not how my life is. It's, it's not going to stay at this point. Something dramatic has to happen. And for it to be dramatic and for me to really appreciate it, I've got to go through this, this, this slump, this thing has to happen. And sure enough, I got that call in November, like I said, three months later, uh, after lots of praying and, uh, finally, he said, congratulations, Jerry, you're one of us. Um, I've been just as happy as I'll get out ever since. What, what a story. So Henry yeah. and Bobby at that time, the last of the founders, original founders who yeah. were still with the group, Henry still alive, still with us, just retired uh, a few months ago uh, after almost 70 some odd years. Jesse, one of the things a lot of people don't realize is how many members of groups like the Temptations and the Spinners there have been over time. I think there's been something oh like 25 some odd members of the Temptations. The Spinners, about close to 20, I would think. Yeah, close to that. There have been a lot, a lot of, a lot of guys, especially uh, lead singers from John Edwards, uh, Felipe Wynn, you know, and many of the other guys, even up to Charlton Washington, uh, one of the last guys. Uh, uh, lead singers who uh, who stepped away from uh, from the group for one reason or another, but yeah, quite a few guys. But uh, you know, the strength of of the group overall has remained the same. The music uh, has remained the same. And, and you mentioned uh, we talked about Detroit, but you also mentioned Philly, where the OJ's and so many other great groups are from. And there was an early producer, Tom Bell, who was so instrumental in so many of your hits. You know, including Bobby Smith's, you know, Magic, Could It Be I'm Falling in Love and, and so many other iconic yeah. spinners classics. Talk about that mix between sort of, you know, Philly and Detroit, because that's a special relationship in music. 
Uh, it is. It really is. And it, it extends beyond the music itself. I, I didn't realize until uh, I happened to see, well, one of our valet comes down at the time, Sean Tatum, and says, hey, Jesse, I just saw, uh, just saw Otis, you know, from The Temptations. He's down at gate, you know, C12 or whatever. I'm like, really? Yeah, I just spoke to him. I said, is he nice? Can I go say hi? He's like, yeah, go ahead. So I go over, I speak to him. And uh, some of the other temps were there, too. It wasn't the first time I met the Temptations, but this was a different situation. I talked to him and, hey, how you doing? My name is Jesse. And, you know, I work with Henry. You know, and he says, oh, OK. He says, Henry's down there. I said, yeah. We said, what gate? I told him and I didn't expect him to walk down. But before I knew it, all their guys came down to where Bobby and Henry were. And I, I could see that this was the most unique of fraternal organizations uh, ever. That this is it's it's a brotherhood and a sisterhood that it, it's so rare and awesome to be a part of watching these guys interact and the way they come over and greet each other and, and, and just the laughing and the joking and followed by you oh remember remember in 76 oh don't you bring that up and they're laughing and the old stories and you're looking and you're seeing the bond between these guys and and you're realizing just god how awesome and just how tightly connected they are you know it's it's really amazing. And I, I love when those artists extend that love uh, and, and openness to me. You know, guys like, like uh, Anthony Gordine, Lil Anthony, uh, very, very nice guy. <laughs> and uh, he, he treats me like a friend. He reaches out to me, you know, he, he checks on me and uh, I, I appreciate it. You know, uh, all the members of the Tramps, you know, those guys are all, all very nice and they're all friends, including Earl. Uh, Earl gives me advice and, you know, what to do and what I shouldn't do. And, you know, and uh, I don't, it, it's, it's really amazing to, to be a part of something so great, so awesome, something that spans over decades, you know, something that was here and in place before I was even born. I've seen, I've seen the movies, I've read the books, you know, and, and now, now you're a character in, in, in this thing. You're, you're a part of this amazing and wonderful a uh, wonderful thing that that touches people and makes them happy and spreads out to the entire world. It, it's man, I'm not talking too Abs much. No, you are not, of- not at all. 2023, an incredible year for the spinners. After almost 70 years, finally, come this fall in Brooklyn, November. The spinners will be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What an incredible honor that is! Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah, uh, it's specifically for uh, for Henry, for for GC Cameron, for you know John Edwards, you know for the guys who are who are still alive, you know to to take the bow, you know the guys who who make this happen. So I think it's wonderful. We were nominated, like you said, four years of nominations, and I wondered if it were, if it were ever going to happen. You know, I wondered if it was going to happen while Henry was still here amongst us. So it has, and I'm grateful for that. He deserves amazing, it. He amazing. Does. And as always, you guys are a working band, and you're going back out on the road in September all over the country. You play in so many beautiful theaters, the old Orpheum, uh the fox in in uh in kansas so many great great theaters are there particular places jesse that you always look forward to getting back to 
you know, my favorite places to perform, um, well, not necessarily theaters. Well, one of the places I love to perform, my favorite would be uh, the Soul Train Cruise or the Disco Cruise. Why? Well, besides the fact that you're out at sea, you know, for a week at, at a time, you're, and I keep, I say the word, but I, I don't mean what the word actually means, but you're trapped on the ship with a week with all your fans, all these people who, who love you, you know, you, every day we're signing autographs and taking pictures. And, you know, if I see a group of people, you know, eating breakfast at a table, you know, I can, I don't know them, but I can butt in. Hey, is this seat taken? I can sit down and go, oh, it's you. It's, it's really, uh, it's really a nice thing to be adored and appreciated, you know, on a daily basis. <laughs> I don't know what this is saying about me. Maybe I need some kind of yeah, here, nah. but I, I, this is perfect for me. I love being around the fans and the spinner fans are, are the best fans in the world. I love the shows most where, where there is great interaction with the fans. You know, I love the theater of the round. I love the cruise ships. Uh, I love the the small the smaller more intimate uh, venues. Well, well, anytime I can reach out from the edge of the stage and and touch someone's hand or uh, take someone's cell phone while they're recording video and start singing and then start recording them, you know that that kind of thing. I'm I'll take uh, it all, but I love when we can mix with our that, fans. That's that's love fantastic. It. So you and Marvin are now the senior members of the band, along with Ronnie yes. and CJ. Uh, Talk mm -hmm. about, you know, the chemistry of you four and how important that is, not only on stage, but off stage. Wow. Uh, it's, it's very, very important. Uh, good chemistry is det detrimental to the future success uh, of any group or organization. Uh, Marvin is uh, Marvin, someone who I've performed with for lots of years before we were even spinners. Uh, Marvin is the person that I'm closest to. Uh, of all the members uh, in the group. So uh, I'm happy that he's able to share and be uh, a part of this group uh, alongside the rest of us. Uh, Ronnie Moss, uh, <laughs> who is from where, uh, where Marvin's from, Flint, Michigan. I didn't know Ronnie back in those days, but I, I was on the radio and I, was, I played his music. Uh, I remember playing music from Ronnie Moss. Bumped into him a couple of times. Uh, I knew uh, the story of the local legend, you know, around Flint, you know, Ronnie Moss and his group. I think they were the Velvetones, they were called. The group that Marvin and I sang in, we were we were unique. That was the name of our group. Yeah, I think our biggest appearance was a national television show. It was the Montel Williams show, which is generally a talk right. show. But this particular episode, he decided to do some type of Motown review. It's the only time... I think in the history of the Montel Williams show that he strayed uh, from the show's format and Marvin and I, the group unique that we were in, uh, we actually, uh, we sang, I think we sang one or two songs, a couple of temptation songs uh, on that show. As it was me, Marvin Taylor, Bar Baron Garrett, Joshua Parker, David Kim, wow. Bruce Hawthorne, you know, that was, that was the group. And yeah, that was our biggest claim to the fame was, uh, was that show. Uh, and that and opening up for the time. We opened for the time twice. You know, I love I do. that. I do. Uh, CJ is uh, our newest member. He's been here for, I think, three years now. And I've heard 
uh, well, I played his music. He was in a group called Old School. They had a hit uh, called, well, they had a, collabor a collaboration that was a hit. Uh, it was called Am I Dreaming? It was a remake, I think, uh, they did with Keith Sweat. So, and I actually played that song on the radio. I was in rotation uh, back in my Flint radio days. And I uh, never thought, again, just like being a spinner, never thought I would meet this guy or whatever, you know. And here we are decades later, you know, he's now a member of the group. Uh, he's an awesome singer. Uh, he's got a very strong stage presence. And, um, you know, he makes for, uh, he's the canon when you're shooting M16s. And, and, and he, he, he's, he's the canon. You load him up, fire one time, it shuts everything up, shuts it all down. Well, <laughs> he brings the so well, So well said. So, uh, uh, Jesse, love getting a chance to talk to you. Uh, I can't wait to see the band again live. Uh, so excited about your uh, upcoming induction, long overdue, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, joining all those other great groups, Detroit, Philly, and, and other great places in our country. Uh, and I can't thank you enough for doing this. It's an absolute privilege to get some spend to time with you and hear the spinner story. I also love that you're such a creative guy. Your, your, your store online is really not just music, it's lifestyle. Okay, yeah. And I love what you're doing there and the designs are so unique. H how did that come about just as we start to wrap? Because I, I stumbled onto it and I'm like, well, I didn't expect to see this. Look at this. This stuff is great. Well, in this interview, we've been pretty serious, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a goofy guy. I'm a silly guy. I like to think I'm funny in spurts. Uh, during my radio career, I could never come up with a name, a, a hip and cool radio name. And Jesse Peck was the squarest thing you could ever think of. In school, I was called Peckerhead, Peckerwood, Woody Woodpecker, and on and on and on. Anna Peck and a bushel and anything associated with Peck. And my roommate said, it's all in how you say your name. You have to practice it. And here's where it gets goofy. I'm practicing. I'm saying my name in the mirror over and over and over again. And then one day, it just hit me. I'm standing in the bathroom mirror. And I look myself deep into the eyes, in my eyes. And I said, hi, I'm Jesse Peck. And the ceiling just parted. The clouds just dissipated. And I could see the sun, rays of the sun, sun shining down on me. And I heard angels singing. Oh, you know, and that was it. I'm Jesse Peck. As I got it. It's an how you say it. I called my sister up and I said, uh, hi, I'm Jesse Peck. And she said, and? And I thought, perfect. That's the response I want. So now when I say that, people laugh and they joke. And it eventually turned into a T-shirt, a Jesse Peck T-shirt. And fans were asking for it. I'm like, yeah, right. You're kind of going too far, Jesse. No one's going to buy a Jesse Peck t-shirt and they kept asking. So I put it to the test. I opened the store. I said, well, and I didn't want it to just be about Jesse Peck. You know, I wanted to encompass some other things. and I wanted it to do good for people. So I brought in a couple of uh, foundations. I brought in the Purvis Jackson Jr. Autism Foundation. Uh, Purvis, the original, Mr. 1245. He and his wife, Claude Dream, their son have autism. So they started the Autism Foundation. So a portion of the proceeds will benefit uh, Purpose Jackson New York Autism Foundation. And uh, I came very close to when I was leaving high school, my choices were to go to uh, California and be an actor slash, slash waiter during the day, uh, um, doing auditions all day and night, or going into radio or military. And I was very much a military head in school. I was big on ROTC and all that. 
and I've I've always been serious about the military and the honor and and how they how they give themselves, you know, for for the life of of, of the rest of the country. And I just always thought that was just the most awesome thing. Uh, but I ended up going into radio instead. But I donate another portion of the proceeds to music therapy for veterans. And uh, so that's another organization that uh, I'm, I'm happy to be helping out. So uh, growing the business now, and uh, one of the designs is uh, 69 Duo, which means do unto others. And it's about treating people the way you want to be treated in life. Uh, I've got coffee mugs, uh, onesies for babies, bathing suits for women and all that. Just go to uh, my website. Uh, what's it called again? Oh, yeah. JessePeck.com. And you can stop by the store while you're there, the Jesse Peck store. I'm sure you'll see something that you like. And remember, with your purchase, you're helping out some good charitable organizations. And I thank you in advance. What a great story. And uh, glad we got to talk about that, too, and all the charitable pieces, especially something that ties back to Purvis that's so personal. Oh, yeah. Um, that's really special to get a chance to do that. And, mm. uh, thanks so much, Jesse. Love talking to you. The Spinners, iconic, an absolute privilege to have you. Matt, you are the man. You are a great interviewer as well. I appreciate you, and I hope we can stay in touch. You got it, man. Been paying